0: And welcome to the podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk with Dynamic Correspondent Sports Trainings' Jeff Moyer. Jeff's been a real good friend of mine for about the last 10 years. He's been instrumental in helping putting together the seminar, and he's also had a huge impact on the programming that we utilize here with our athletes. What we're going to get to today, guys, is we're going to try to clear up some questions that people have about the 1x20. Um, a lot of people sit here and, and have some misconceptions, and we're hoping to clear up some of those we're going to talk about how we both started using the 1x20, uh, how Doc's influence on us and Joseph's influence on us has helped us set this program and, and how we use it with our student-athletes, uh, what the program is actually to each of us. It's, it's different. It's, I think a lot of people think it's a little bit more than it really is. Um, we're going to try to clear the air on that. Some of the big pros that we've had using this is in like the good things that come from the program. And of course, the mixed conceptions that people have, because there is a lot of confusion about some things with the one by twenty. And then we're going to get into a little bit with how we set up the program. Great talk, guys. I really hope you enjoy it. Let's uh, let's get right to it. Talking about one by twenty here. Let's let's talk about the the background and the philosophy and, and things of that nature.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, well, I'll try to keep it brief. Uh, it was about two thousand ten. Uh, I was coaching a high school football team. We just got done uh, with the season. I just took over as the head strength and conditioning coach. Uh, this program had, had a winning season in about 10 years, and they had a, uh, a whole gamut of injuries, um, shoulders, lower backs, and then the starting quarterback uh, fractured his elbow throwing a football. Throwing a football, he didn't get hit, didn't get tackled. He was throwing a pass and his elbow, snapped the, uh, the right uh, the plate in his uh, elbow snap so I knew that had to be due to poor mechanics so around this time uh our mutual friend Joseph Johnson and I've been in contact and uh um I knew he was training high school athletes and uh, one I wanted to talk to him about getting in contact with Dr. Yeses to see if he could uh help me with our quarterback and figure out why the hell his elbow snapped throwing a football and then two uh just kind of learn about what he uh he, he they do with athletes so uh while I was trying to get in contacted Dr. Yostis Yosef, uh, told me that uh, um, he, he does one by 20 uh, w- with his athletes, and uh, he told me some of the results he got. Get the hell out of here, man, because, I mean, to me, my, my background uh, was it, what we had done. I coached four years of college football uh, and assistant strength coach at Hamilton College, and our background was, you know, uh, Charlie Francis, Westside Barbell, um, Tom Myslinski, Coach My a... Uh, He's from the area where Hamilton College is, and head strength coach there was great family friends, best friends with Mr. Sli- uh, Mister Myselinski, Tom's father, coached him in high school. So we got a lot of stuff from Buddy and uh, Coach Mycelinsky. Um And so uh, that was kind of where my background was from. So when I went 1 by 20, get the hell out of here, man. That, that sounds stupid. Um, but you know, I just couldn't argue with Yosa's results. And uh, as you know, man, a lot of, a lot of coaches' background, um, their philosophies are driven because of their backgrounds and where they come from. So to me, you know, I, I was used to doing eight sets of two dynamic effort and uh, max effort days and bands and chains and stuff. So I heard by one by 20 just didn't make sense. So I decided to split the team up and do half the team, a uh, one by 20 following Joseph and Dr. S.'s recommendations, the other half using the 5-3-1 um, with, you know, kind of your short to long approach, Charlie Franson-ish, uh, following, you know, Buddy and Coach, my son's game, James Smith's kind of the, you know, philosophy. So, um, long story short, after eight weeks, every eight weeks, I tried to test the kids in explosiveness, broad jumps, vertical jumps, because that's what I cared more about. Um, it, you know, it's winter, ten months out of the year in upstate New York, so I, I can't get outside to test their sprint. So that's the only means I could of uh, um, you know testing. So we would do that, and um, from a strength level perspective, the, the team was right around the same. I mean, improvements and strengths went up equally. I would say. Uh, with the programs. The difference was though, uh, the broad jumps and vertical jumps, um, they, the one by 20 group improved, I would say every eight weeks, on average, pretty close to six, to seven inches, every eight weeks improvement in broad jump, um, and improvement in vertical jump was around three to four inches every eight weeks, as opposed to the one, or the uh, five through one, that used, uh, um, you know, they went up broad jumps probably two to three inches, and the vertical jumps one to two inches. So, again, not bad, but it just wasn't as as good as the one by 20 group. So I decided after, uh, um, you know, two eight-week blocks or sessions to just switch everyone over to the one by 20 and uh, uh, our results that entire offseason right before training camp, I tested everyone on average. These are some of the the averages for the whole 25 uh, kids we had on varsity. It was Class C football in upstate New York, so it was very small. But, uh um, decrease in 40 times were close to four tenths of a second on average. Average, uh, squat increase was 120 pounds. Average bench increase was about 40 pounds. Every, uh, average broad jump increase was 13 inches. Average vertical jump was, uh, about seven inches per kid and average body weight increase was about 15 pounds per kid. So, uh, it worked. And then the most important part, we went nine and that season. And so, uh, you know, most people said, uh, coaches and people that I, I told all this with a one by 20 about said it was a fluke. It's the first time the team, team ever trained. So going into the next offseason, we did the exact same uh, thing, except the only difference was I had the kids three days a week rather than the five I had last time. Um, and uh, going into the next season, our results were identical across the board. Average decrease about four-tenths of a second. Uh, with the team, uh, even with returning kids, uh, vertical jump, broad jump, uh, Body weight, everything. So it was awesome, and we went ten and one that year. Uh, so I, I was I was sold on that. So that's my background. I, I've been kind of using. I've been using that now. I worked in a sports medicine orthopedic practice. I was the continuation, the return to play with uh, a lot of the athletes. So using the one by twenty there. Um, I use it with uh, I have adult clients. Run you know boot camps and stuff like that. We we use it here uh, with great success. So. Um, um, yeah I, I I've used it with professional basketball players division one football players division three football players high school m- middle school i mean uh I've used it with everyone you know so the the argument that most people make that uh it only works for low level athletes I would disagree and I'm sure you you would as well with the uh, level of athletes you have right
0: yeah completely I mean it works really well with our guys uh, I mean well with all the kids that I work with here um but getting even past the results, let's talk about what it actually is to you.
1: Yeah. Um, well, again, most people when they hear and, and I fell for it too. Most people hear one by twenty and they, they get stuck on the program. They think that is the whole program, and that is just kind of, uh, um, you know, that, that's where you go. You go one by twenty for you know a block of time. You go one by fourteen by a block of time. One by eight. And although that is true. What I've learned from working with Yosef, doing it through the years, and really working with Dr. Yesis is it's, it's one, it's more of a process. It's, it's the process of how we get through things. Um, it, it's the process I, I care more about. So the amount of time we're in the 20s depends. Uh, the amount of time we we're in the 14s depends. The amount of time we're in the 8s depends. And then even we get into multiple sets. It, it depends, but it's a process based on the individual Um Again, I'm sure you've had this this problem too. When you've had these conversations, it's just people get stuck on the program and don't understand the process of how you got to this. One by twenty is just for me an entry point. That's where I start with everybody, and then I progress based on what we find. I, I you know, I have athletes do three sets of things, but we worked up from there. But uh, also, it's 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 a mindset uh, <coughs> philosophy to me. So the mindset is what is the least amount we ne- need to uh, to get better. Um, you know, when, when when an athlete isn't progressing as well, um, and this has taken me a long time. Yosef has beat me over the head with it, and Dr. Yesus as well. Um, when an athlete isn't progressing as well as I would hope, rather than adding more or doing more or changing, a lot of times now I'll just take out things. I'll do less, and I found that as, that has improved my athletes uh, tremendously. I did that with a soccer player. She's a captain on a, on a local soccer team here. Um, she was not progressing in her, uh, electronic 10 and 20 yard sprints as well as I had hoped. And, uh, so what I did instead of, you know, trying to give more sprints or do more plows or do anything like that, I took out some strength and, uh, uh, a jump exercise. So rather than doing three different jump exercises, we did one, uh, rather than doing, um, I think she was up to 12 strength exercises, glute ham, squat, calf raises, hip adduction, adduction, knee drive um, pull back things like that. I took out a couple of them and, uh, uh, by the end of the summer and, uh, you know, in six weeks her uh, 10 yard decreased, uh, two tenths of a second electronic using the free lap system. So, uh, again, less is more. And I have more stories to go like that, but I don't want to bore people. But to me, uh, that is, that is the mindset. You know, what is the least amount we get better? A lot of people quote that, uh, was it Thomas Kurtz? quote on the back of his uh book you know uh efficiency is the highest result at the least expense of time and effort well this program and the philosophy and the mindset that go with it really speak to that quote so that's something i i'm I'm always quoting that's 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 a staple of, of of my program
0: yeah and it's it's the same here and it's i think it's something that we need to kind of as a whole as a profession need to look into more um and it's not to say that we're sacrificing hard work to this, because um, there's it's not always a grinder, but squatting a twenty can be a grinder. You know, when you get to those points, like it, it, it takes effort. Um, and there's a lot of people I think that confuse the one by twenty as being a philosophy when really like i think that you saying it is an is an entry point i think is really great cuz it's just the starting point for gpp like if if that's really what people want to fight over i don't know it's i do think i agree with you that there's more to it than just the 1 by 20 but it's just gpp like Buddy and Tom wrote that book for Elite that was like, I don't know, it was like it's like an eighth of an inch thick and it was stapled together and folded or whatever. It's just GPP. Yeah. We just do it in one set of 20 and, I mean, they had a bunch of stuff that was two sets of 10 in there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, um, I, I think people fight about that a lot. Uh, one thing that I would like to, to talk about, though, is how you decide what exercises you take out.
1: Yeah, man. Um my my uh, educational background is studying with Dr. Yesus. I apprenticed Dr. Yes under Dr. Yesus. I have for five six years now. Um, you know, so everything for me starts with the biomechanics of what the athlete has to do. So um, the, the you know I think uh, James Smith said this. You know, the the less something resembles what the athlete has to do in their sport, the less I care about it, and that's kind of uh, how I felt. So for Let's just go to that particular athlete, that soccer girl. Um, I think she was just doing squat jumps, uh, one set of six of squat jumps, and she was doing um, uh, two sets of five you know, to get ten broad jumps in. Um, and we, we took out the squat jumps because the broad jumps for horizontal power, to me, you know, resemble a little more for sprinting. Uh, as far as strength exercise, we took out – she was doing a seated calf raise and a standing calf raise. So I took out the seated calf raise. Um, we had her stop doing the hip abduction, adduction, cause she had done it for uh, a good period of time. So she already had the base. So we took out, you know, I don't know all the math and, you know, the Excel nerds out there can add up the total volume, I decreased, but, uh, we took out a good amount of her training and she improved. Um, it allowed her body to recover. Uh, another quick little story that follows, uh, uh, under the lines of that Caleb Troy, uh, Sorry, as a tennis athlete uh, that I worked with that now is at the University of Richmond playing tennis. I don't know if I was allowed to say his name. Sorry. Um, I worked with him for three years. Right before he went uh, off to college to go play at Richmond, we're working on his depth jumps. Um, As you know from dealing with uh, Dr. Berkashansky, she said that that's kind of the cherry on top of plyometric exercises. So we're doing depth jumps along with a couple other plyometric exercises, a uh, single leg compass jump, uh, a side-to-side jump. Um, So he was doing three total sets of plyometrics, three different exercises to get different planes of motion, uh, because he's a tennis athlete. So notice that his other two plyometric exercises were doing great, but his depth jumps were not improving, and we were doing it based off of Vertimax, so he'd jump up, touch something. You know, it's just an easy way to quantify, is he jumping high or not. Um, And we noticed that was not getting better, and again, talking with Yosef and talking with uh, Dr. Verkashansky, that is the plyometric, you know, that's the cherry on top plyometric exercise. So, So, and rather... Rather than trying to increase the height of the box, go up a little further, or add in another set, what I decided to do was to take out uh, one of his plyometric exercises, actually both of his plyometric exercises, the other two, the compass jumps on the side to side, and then his depth jump actually started to improve um, substantially. He went up, I think, four or five inches in his depth jump in the, uh, the six weeks he was doing it. Um, so, you know, again, uh, I, I, I wanted to start with the least amount. And then work up. That's a quote you've been using uh, in a bunch of your podcasts. You know, you never know what's too much if you don't start with the least amount and work up. So it's been a hard lesson for me. Uh, This has been really the first year I can say I've been doing it. Um, But I I wanted to see, you know, what was too much. So I just went to one set of plyos and then I was going to work up from there uh, rather than just trying to add more. So that's kind of, again, the philosophy and mindset that I've learned uh, using this, you know, one by twenty program or what have you.
0: That's, That's nice. so it's again following dynamic correspondence. Whatever's going to have the least effect, yeah. then all of a sudden that magically disappears. Yeah. Um. So then, looking even more, how? Because like people talk about this and they say, well, you do the same thing every day, for the most part. Doesn't that get boring? How do you get people to buy into this? Like, how do you get people to want to come back if if Craig knows Craig's going to come in and do twenty squats and then twenty benches and then twenty glued hands and that you know? How do you get Craig to be like, "Woohoo, let's go work out." Yeah, um,
1: well, I can just uh, attest to what works for me, what's worked for the athletes, and uh, my business. Um, you know, I'm sure you got different. Uh, um, means of buying and, and things that you do but uh, for me ultimately because yeah you're right doing a set of 20 knowing that you're going to keep doing that it, it can get boring um, but you know quote Carl Valley boring works um, and sometimes you know you got to stay with what works because uh, ultimately my job is the results I mean, we're in the results business not the entertainment business and uh, mm-hmm. um, you know honestly what's worked for my athletes is they feel better and the results are getting better get better, um, and they can see it, you know, each week they add 5 to 10 pounds on their squat, and they still feel great, they're not getting beat up. Um, unfortunately, and I'm sure uh, a lot of coaches listen to this as well, a lot of my athletes play year-round sports, so uh, we don't do anything, the 1 by 20, after the athletes have become accommodated to it, aren't getting beat the crap, they're not feeling terrible, and they're still able to go practice and do stuff. Now, we can get into that. that's a whole subject uh, for another podcast, Year-round sports and what have you, but uh, point being is, we give them a low enough dose to get results and not beat the shit out of them. And uh, uh, they, my athletes like results. Um, you know, uh, to quote, you know, to, to use uh, Mark McLaughlin's, you know, results. Period. I mean, that's that's it, man. That's that's all we like, and kids like that. Um, they like getting on the record board for improvements and broad jumper to jump ten yard time, twenty yard times, what have you. And they like feeling good. They don't like feeling. Like they're getting beat up. And then uh, to the counter of that, we do do different stuff. So we do a lot of sensory training. So that is the fun part. They'll come in. We'll do a lot of the we'll, – we can make games out of sensory system stuff, out of visual stuff. Um, you know, with, when we're trying to do speed work rather than just doing straight linear stuff, we'll play tag. I'll have them do different things that can be fun. Um, you know, chase this person with your arms tied behind your back or, you know, hold a med ball up over your head and run. Or something like that. You know, we'll we'll change it up that way. But as far as doing a set of twenty and everything like that, um, athletes like results. And if they if the squat felt hard today, and then felt better the next day, and then all of a sudden they did twenty five reps, you know, the, the the second or third time, well, they like that, and then they know that they're going to go up. So uh, results is ultimately what have driven uh, my athlete's motivation, and then you know, my business. So.
0: Well, that's a good thing to have tied together, uh, especially if they're moving both in the uh, positive direction. Yeah. Um, so then let's talk about this with teaching. How does this carry on? Because we you opened up talking about breaking down how kids move and breaking down the sports. So let's talk about, because Doc, a lot of people don't understand that Doc's a biomechanist. You know, they look at all these things and they think, Everybody always thinks immediately when you're dealing with training athletes, it's physiology, physiology, physiology. But Doc's a biomechanist. Mm-hmm. So how does the one by 20 assist with this initial needs analysis based on the technique of the kids? Yeah. Um, and then how does the the cuts affect affect it later going from 20 to 14 to 8?
1: Um, well, without turning it into a huge theoretical... Uh... Conversation about motor learning. Uh, a lot, you know, a lot of listeners, I'm sure, know that uh, low intensity, high volume, when trying to teach whatever the motor skill it is, um, and then you work up to higher intensity. So this, I mean, this literally is built for that. Um, you know, so let's let's just talk about, uh, let's say, sprinting, since the majority of listeners, I'm sure, work with sports that involve running. If, unless you know, you you work with swimming, I'm sure, some wrestling coaches, but still. Let's just talk about sprinting because uh, that's a pretty common thing. Um, th- there's a, w- what I've learned through Doc. First of all, his biomechanics uh, expertise is unprecedented. Um, but what's different than his, with his biomechanics expertise is it's not just angles and velocities and stuff like that that he cares about. It's it's the qualitative, um, and, and then it's it's also a bit of the, the I mean it's the kinesi- uh, k- kinesiology that ties, ties into it. Where are the muscles used? How are they used? How are they sequenced? Um, you know, it, are they working uh, sequentially? Or are they working uh, together? Uh, all, all that stuff. So that's where his expertise to, to what I have found is second to none. And I've looked all over um, for, for biomechanists to study under. Um, you know, I don't want to name drop any names and give bad uh, rep to anybody. But uh, I, I've looked all through United States for biomechanics. And Doc is the only one that can tie in the angles and the velocities, but then this is how the muscles use through it to get these angles and velocities better, so tying that into the 1 by 20, uh, so we'll talk about sprinting. A lot of young athletes have very weak knee drives. Um, you can see this with uh, when you watch slow motion analysis, one, uh, the thigh doesn't uh, contract very uh, uh, powerfully, two, the thigh isn't going high enough. Um, and then how that's tied into the cyclical nature, uh, nature of running. All of a sudden, their paw back's not very good, um, the foot lands in front of their hips, you know, their heel's striking, whatever. But, so let's just talk about the paw back. So the knee drive exercise uh, really helps to develop, one, the neuromuscular pathway, two, the feel of what it's like to drive uh, the knee drive, uh, to drive your thigh forward. Um, and this is where Doc's biomechanics expertise comes into play, because. As you know from reading his, his stuff and talking with him, Jay, that uh, the hip flexors are used behind the body and drive the thigh forward. Right. Once they pass underneath the hips, it becomes momentum that carries them. So the concentric action of the hip flexors are from behind the body forward. So the more powerful that action, the higher the thigh will actually go. Um, and so that's why we do that to help develop that feel. So, um, you know, and it's not taxing on the nervous system. It doesn't beat them up. It doesn't... Um, You know, if they're playing sports or if they're in season or anything like that, it doesn't make them sore and and unable to do things. Um, And and it develops, you know, we can get into everything the one by 20 does, the capillary density and the, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the uh, strengthens the ligaments and, and tendons, everything like that. But from a motor learning perspective, it helps feel that. Now, you might, for those that work with high school athletes and even some college athletes might notice that some of their athletes don't have a proper knee drive and they don't fold up the leg efficiently the the shin doesn't fold up underneath the thigh to drive forward it might stay in, in a long lever so this is a great exercise to help develop the feel of folding up that shin and driving it forward into a to create a shorter lever because that's what the body wants so this is a great exercise I've used to help teach athletes who run with all long levers and it just looks weird and awkward and slow mm-hmm. so this just helps with that and then we uh, you know going down to 14s and eights uh, improve the uh, increase the intensity which then makes it stronger and, and stick. But, uh, um, you know, the 20s are great for the initial learning and then we improve working towards higher intensity means which then will make it stick if they're able to repeat it. So,
0: Yeah, and I'd actually even piggyback that with, you know, when you, when you look at how we manipulate the intensity with that, because it's so minimal, you're able to repeat it so often. So not only do you see kids getting stronger in these motions and these exercises but they learn them better because although you may not be doing three sets of ten in one workout you're probably doing three sets of twenty throughout the week where you would you know if you're going heavier and you're you're doing more in that one session you're probably not repeating it multiple times through the week. So it gives you more opportunities to cue it, to coach it, for them to practice it, for them to ingrain these motor patterns. And it also gives you more opportunity to manipulate the load and to improve um, the technique against a higher level of resistance because eventually it's going to only come down to how fast it is. Um, because really with, with all these things, that's the the limiting factor with dynamic correspondence with all these exercises is it's very hard to move as fast as you would when you're really hitting a 10. Um, but I think that that's probably the most overlooked aspect from people on the outside because they just look at it and they just see, you know, this, this all the time. And it's like, well, sort of, um, because it allows you really to be able to do some neat things with that because it's when you start to see it show up and then you can start to manipulate the exercise um, more so than the volume and the intensity, you know, like getting into different types of the knee drives, different types of the lunges, um, you know, and, and how those start to show up and You know, just general, like, cutting mechanic type things and and those sort of stuff. Um, That's really neat to me. Yeah. You know, um, and that's where the stuff shows up the best, I think.
1: Oh, I agree. And then, uh, I mean, it it helps with overuse because now we've built that base of endurance. We've strengthened the connective tissues and ligaments, which are, in order to strengthen, it's very hard to get blood flow to them, so you have to get blood flow. So doing 20 reps close to failure or two failure uh, just help improve that and then um, you know what's 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 great about it with young athletes because I work with 10 year olds 11 12 9 um, you know and you can find this in uh, Viru's book um, uh, the adaptations of sports training he talks about low intensity strength training can improve bone uh, bone lengthening and then high intensity strength training can improve bone length or uh, density so this you know a lot of, a lot of parents, for young kids talk about oh well it's going to start their growth well actually no Uh, it's (laughs) been found the opposite Um, and you can find that in in Biru's book um, and he talks about you know again strengthening ligaments and tendons, which as you know with plyometrics and speed work play a pretty big freaking role man so you might want to strengthen those so then when we get to the plyos and you get to the speed work those are good Um, you know those can you know store and um, disperse elasticity and, and force and everything like that so Yeah, man. Um, You know what's cool, uh, also from a uh, like a rehab perspective. You know, all the PTs out there working with baseball players. Well, starting with, and and forgive me if I if I bastardize this. uh, I haven't uh, looked into rotator cuff stuff in a while. But when when I started working with the football team, all the rotator cuff injuries we had, they first talk about you want to start with endurance for strengthening the rotator cuff. So they, you know, they they give some exercise. Well, this is a great way of doing that. So for my throwers, my tennis athletes will do a set of 20 to build that endurance and everything. And then we work to higher intensity stuff. So, I mean, it's literally built uh, into it. Um, So, yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: And then the one thing that people always say they don't think it can do is develop strength.
1: Well, yeah, and I, I mean, I'm not a scientist, man. I'm a practitioner. I don't know where, because everyone argues the—you uh, know the force velocity curve and uh, um, you know doing a set of twenty—that's for endurance, and you know, well, yeah, but you know, the, it works everything. I, I mean, again, I can't attest. Maybe you're smarter than me. Uh, where in there you get strength, you get power, you get speed, and then you get endurance. I mean, you kind of get all of it with the twenties. Um, again, that's why we saw such great improvements, and I continue to uh, with with athletes. Start off doing it. Um, you know, we have a girls' soccer player. Division one soccer player. Um, she came back right after the season. Um, we did, you know, set of 20 for about I don't know six weeks with low intensity, easy jumps, and she went up uh, her vertical jump went up six inches. She has a 32 inch vertical jump, and she's a five six soccer player. Um, you know, it, it just it it's, it's in there. I don't know the science. I'm not that smart. Matt Tomey. Look up Matt Tomey at Central. Michigan man, he can tell you all that shit. Uh, just know it works, man. I'm just a practitioner. I'll find out the science after, uh, but I want the results first. Um, you know, and that's that's where Yosis really helped me. Let's let's get the results and then kind of find out.
0: Yeah. Some stuff. Get the get the improvement and figure out why the hell it happened later. Yeah. Um, but it does, and it's it's really interesting in how it lays such a successful ground base. Um, even for, you know, if you, if you look at the athletes that we have here, um, after going through the program for two years, there, we don't have many female athletes who can't squat right near their body weight for a 20, you know, I mean, a buck 35 for 20 reps that's pretty impressive. I mean, at least to me. I think it is. Um, you know, and, and most of the guys are, I mean, we've changed like you have and taking the the guys who have been in the program uh, out of squatting for a 20, mm-hmm. especially the taller cats, because that's just a lot, you know, um, and are doing step-ups, but we're still building the squat and hitting a five and we've got two thirds of the team right now this week so either wednesday or monday that hit one and a half times their body weight for a five and it's just you know it's just easy
1: yeah
0: you know it's like all right up down up all right here we go put it away good so that's the end of our like our lifting warm-up i guess we can call it Um, you know, because when we get to the eights, even if it's a sports squat or a quarter squat or whatever name we want to give it now, um, they still have, I I wouldn't go and just throw a bunch of weight on their back, even if they're going to squat high and and just be like, Hey, enjoy how that feels tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh because those kids ain't going to move. Um, So we're we're trying to build our way that way as opposed to how we would start about 10 pounds, 15 pounds lighter and then just run the program. Um, and so far, so good. Um, I I do like the change with uh, older guys that, you know, that you brought to our attention with with going to the step-ups. Um... And if anybody's ever read anything that Chuck's done, he always talks about step-ups.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, and it's, it, those are awful. Um, but... Those
1: are, those are ball buster, yeah. Oh, my
0: God, they're miserable. Uh, but <laughs> they're, uh... They don't hurt. They don't, they don't hurt the next day. They, <laughs> they kill you for, like, the next 40 minutes. Um you know, like the guys have been sore because we've been doing other things and they're blaming it on the step-ups. Um, but we've been doing other things, like a lot of stretching stuff because a lot of them can't bend. Um, but the, of course, it's the step-ups' fault because that's what's hard. Yeah. Um, and I think that that even more so piggybacks onto the whole idea of what is the proper dose And what is enough? Because is the physiological load maybe greater? Maybe. Is the CNS load, because you're not putting the bar on your back and squatting it, probably less? I would say yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have had less decreases. Um, We've had less guys on our Omega Wave readings this year dropping below, like, into a, a limited area um, than we have in the past when we squatted. And, and I don't think that that's um, a coincidence because of this. Uh, so that just shows even more that we're not... We're taking back a little more, and, then, you know, I mean, we're still early on with this, so we'll see where we get in the long run. But I think that it's a, I think that's a neat change, and that's why I'm really interested to hear like how else you take things out because I think we can still take more out. Um,
1: it's hard to undertrain oh, an athlete, yeah. and you you've said this in podcasts past, man. It's it's really hard to undertrain an athlete. So that soccer girl I was talking about, I took out the squats and I had to do the step ups. Um, I'm doing more and more step ups with athletes, uh, just finding uh, you know that she's recovering, but uh, her, her results are just getting better um the less the less i really try to do and uh it, i mean if because i'm not going to try to push one by 20 to anyone that, that that you know emails me or calls me but uh uh the one thing I, I will say is just do a little less man if you do three sets try two sets if you do two sets try one set if you're doing set of you know five maybe try a set of eight or ten you know just just go up a little bit away from the you know uh high intensity high intensity work excuse me um just do a little less, and I promise you, uh, you'll see better results. Um, just decrease it a little bit. Um, you know. But yeah, to, to your point that you made, uh, coaches don't think you can get strong doing this. Um, like you said, I, I mean, yeah, we have girls that will – I have 13, 14-year-old girls that squat, 135 for 20 reps to parallel. Um, it's great. That's great. That's cool. But you know what I mean? That, right. At some point, wh- where's the where's the transfer? That's all what I'm always caring about. Where's the transfer? So – when we'll get to a set of eight, uh, a soccer player squatting 225 for eight's cool. You know what I mean? That looks awesome if I video it and throw it up on YouTube or something like that. Uh, you know, 14 year old soccer player doing that. But that doesn't promise me she's going to get better on the field where it matters most. So you get a lot stronger doing 20 and then 14. Um, you know, but then there's a point where, where does the strength matter? And this is, again, another topic for, I'm sure, another podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I'll stop working on strength after sets of 14, and we'll just get into power development from there. And that's where we'll get into two sets of five, three sets of five, set of eight, uh, speed squats or you know whatever it is. Um, and that's where I, I just got a um, – what's it called? a uh, Assess to perform um, bar sensei. So we've been toying around with that a little bit this year. And I just uh, – I can tell you off, off camera, we, we were testing some of the Bosco – using the Bosco mat, some of the results I used with kids – Doing that's been pretty cool, Um, you know, but we stopped doing caring about strength after doing 14 reps for a while. Um, And that's kind of where learning the the philosophy and the process of this program comes in. Uh, Because at some point, who gives a shit if they squat 225 for eight if they're a gross soccer player? It's great, it's cool, but, you know what I mean? I want to get speed, I want to work on quickness, I want to work on, you know, whatever it is uh, from there. But uh, yeah, you get stronger. If a football player squat four or 500 pounds in high school, um, they get stronger. Strength is, you know, that's easy. You know, to quote James Smith, it's as easy as, you know, for working with young kids, as easy as falling out of a boat and hitting water. Um, it's easy. I mean, that's, that's the easiest thing to worry about. I was worried about the speed and the power.
0: Yes. You know? Yes. The speed and the power and the quickness is the, are the things that show up in the game. Yeah. And, are probably the most overlooked and, and possibly the most confused things too when, when we talk about training. Um, you know, because it's, and it's also like before the whole idea of getting into like the modified type dynamic effort stuff, mm-hmm. you know, even taking away more lifts and getting into more sprints and more jumps, you know, it's, his name's been said about 32 times in this 35 minute talk. But as Buddy always said, just cause you squat more doesn't mean you're going to run faster, but if you sprint a lot, you're going to squat more. So, if you're running fast, you're gonna be stronger yeah um and, and chances are if you're running as fast as you can and you're not being a fool about it, yeah. you're gonna get faster, so you know and to use Carl's one of carl's greatest quotes it's it's a crime not to time, so you know you've gotta make sure that they are running fast, and they are you know, being aggressive with it, um, but also maintaining these speeds and and pushing the envelope. But I think that that is something that a lot of people dance around. Um, because, you know, um, the weight room is just a weight room. It's not, you know, in, in Division I athletics, it's a really great recruiting tool when you have pretty things with bells and whistles and you know, we put iPads on our racks, and we have gym awares, and, you know, and it looks really cool, and it's, the gym aware gives you a lot of really awesome information, uh, but if, if I've got a cat that can squat 405 for eight, he's a shooting guard, you know, uh, probably don't need to squat 405 for eight all that much, you know, you probably need to squat a lot lighter weight faster, and you probably need to do some hill sprints, and do some jumps, and work on how you change direction, and a lot of side lunges because at the end of the day, you got to keep somebody in front of you, you know? So understanding how to refocus, um, is something that I, I, I really have learned a lot, uh, when it, when it's been brought up, you know, with with the discussions with you and with Maddie, um, and with, uh, with Yosef is that taking a step back and, you know, because like you said, man, it's like hitting those big numbers. That's cool, man. Like, I like lifting heavy stuff, I really do. It's really fun. You know, it's it's really cool to me and I'm sure that if it's only strength coaches listening to that, you know, that they probably think it's really cool too, and, and I got nothing against it, but when you got a six foot ten kid that could squat, you know, that's two twenty five, two thirty, and can squat 315, 350 for eight reps, like alright, you know, so it's if he's 225 and he's hitting 350, we're, we're over that one and a half times. And if he's doing that for, for eight reps, we're well over it. Um, is that strong enough? Again, you know, we could, that's probably more of a, a beer or a bourbon type conversation than, than a podcast. You know I mean? That's, that's one that, that can take a long time, but I, I think it's something that people really want to keep going more and more and more. And, you know, and it's, there is a point of diminishing returns and, and especially in, in a sport like basketball where you're dealing with such long individuals, uh, I think a time and a place sort of you sort of get to where it's like, all right, that's probably enough. And if we can we can keep this and we can turn it into speed isn't the right word, but we, we use that all the time, but and it's not really how it works, and we all know that, but we'll just say it anyway because that's the easiest way to say it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where the magic happens. Um, and that's what's fun.
1: So, so and then we, I mean, with the program, uh, it, it's built in going from general to specialized. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's built right in there. So you know, we, we can talk about monitoring and, and economic indicators. You know, the broad jumps, the vertical jumps are nice, uh, but you know, where I kind of where we get closer to the season, is I care more about monitoring the specialized exercises. Are those improving? Are those looking better? Because those are going to have a bit of a better carryover. Depending on the athlete, um, but better carryover for for my athletes. So, you know that's it's, it's built in to that, which is really cool. And then what's also great about the one by twenty, as as you know, is once the season's going on, it's it's easy. It doesn't beat up the athletes. Um, so we'll do a set of fourteen for in season athletes. You know, fourteen reps. It's not that not that hard. You know, not that taxing on their systems. Not going to hurt their in season play or anything like that. So it's 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 you know the whole system. Again, it's a process. It's not just a program. Uh, yes. that, um, You know, learn anyone that's interested in it. I, I recommend talking. Don't just read a book and expect to know. You know, talk about. You know, talk with it. Contact Jay. Contact myself. Go to his your your seminars. Call Yosef up. Um, you know, Doc um and, and they can explain it better, and then that will paint you a better picture of it because it works, man.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that it does. Jeff, I think this was awesome, man. I really appreciate you taking the time out. I think this has cleared up a lot of questions, but I bet we're going to have more. So hopefully we can get back here and people leave us some more things that they want to know about, and we can wrap about those here in a couple weeks. Yeah, man. Awesome, dude. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. All right, man. Yeah. Special thanks to today's guest, Dynamic Correspondent Sports Training's Jeff Moyer. Really hope this helped clear up some of those questions people have on the one by 20 guys. If you have any more questions or comments or anything that you'd like to contribute or have answered, please leave comments below, either on YouTube, on Facebook, or go ahead and uh, tweet at us. Anyway, we're definitely going to have Jeff back. He's got a wealth of knowledge on this topic and many others. Hope you guys liked it, and we will see you guys soon.